Okay, Sashika, this is part two of our interview with Manpreet. Please enjoy. What are some other um, deal breakers that you that you have? Um, let's see. I mean, we. It's uh, less about deal breakers and more about, you know, the things that ideally I want out of someone. Mm -hmm. Um, At one point, halfway through my year of crazy dating, I had uh, three requirements for someone. Um, One, that they be literate and capable of critical thinking. Literate. Literate. Like, literally just... Being able to read... Yeah, you know, you can date a lot of people that really quite aren't. So you want someone who has a higher reading level than Trump, is basically what you're saying. Yeah, and then some. <laughs> that can read past 160 characters. 140. 140. 140. Sorry. 140. I don't use Twitter, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way our government's being ran right yeah. now. <laughs> yes. Yes, literacy and uh, critical thinking is important, right? What, it, what kind of stuff do you like to talk about with people that you're dating? Um, well, so or what would you test them with? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't... I. I don't call it testing, but you know, I, I, um, I'm one of the few women I know who, uh, is if I like someone, I will initiate conversation and I'm more likely to respond to someone if I initiated the conversation. Right. Mm. Cause typically if I leave it to men and let them be the initiators, all I get is a, Hey, sup. Uh, oh God, I hate that. And yeah. That irritates me. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, one of my, uh, my most common icebreaker is asking people what they read recently. And that can be a pretty good uh, ground for like, you know, it, it, it'll, it's a pretty good way for me to gauge your critical thinking. Has anybody it. ever said something to you and you were like, no, and then just deleted them? Um, I think the more common reaction is like people will say things that are like really common uh, reading or like, you know, stuff that I read back in high school. Yeah. And then I'm kind of just not a little bit judgy but yeah definitely a little bit judgy because i'm just oh you're you're reading stuff that i it's like you're reading the grapes of wrath right now yeah and what are you doing i don't understand or really the, da- the da vinci code really that's the book you're gonna open Ooh. with um and it's more just or pretty much any movie that's very recently been turned into a major ma- motion picture because mm-hmm. there's this part of me that's did you actually read it or did you just watch the movie and so you think you can mm-hmm. fake your way through a conversation um, and so I think that I, I do judge that a little bit if people read, you know, at a lower level than I do expect them to. Um, some of the other things that I want out of someone is, uh, I get up at 5am every day. And so I need someone who's going to be able to be a morning person because, you know, I get up at 5am and sometimes I'm uber productive and I'm done with my day by 10am. And then every now and then I've been with a few people who don't wake up before 8am. And that's a problem for yeah, me. Yeah, that's I'm, me. I celebrate if I get up before 8.30. <laughs> <laughs> unless somebody makes me, I wish I could. I, I Every day I say to myself, I'm like, I'm going to get up at 7. And no. I'll set my alarm and hit my alarm for three hours. Wow. <clears throat> it's intense. I mm-hmm. think um, I don't really like, I, I've been doing this for so many years that my internal clock is set. So this is one of the annoying things of when you and um, a person that you're, you know, sharing a bed with have completely opposite schedules is whether I set an alarm or not. I'm up at 5 a.m. Yeah. And so if you're not getting up till 7 a.m., I'm going to be getting up and I have nothing to do. And I've literally gotten up and just started going through someone's phone because I could. 
That's a bad habit. But what do you normally do when you wake up at 5 a.m.? So if I wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm at home, right, I have a routine of, like, uh-huh. stuff. You know, I'm going to read. I'm going to, like, do stuff around the house. Um, if I'm not at home, like, I need something to keep me occupied. So you just start going through people's phones. I just start, like, <laughs> looking for ways to entertain myself. <laughs> TV's usually pretty good. Sometimes I read the New York Times. <laughs> On the uh, person's phone. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> She's really telling on herself now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I also don't think anyone should um, let me have the their phone password. But then, like, it's one uh, that's one of those things that um, it's always fun to see if I can figure it out. I yeah, nope. Nobody has my passwords. You don't get the password to my computer or my phone. Mostly because of this one sitting across from me, because she likes to fuck with people's stuff. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I won't do anything with it. I just, you know, curiosity overtakes. To me, I think that it's almost, um, you know, that's a privacy boundary to me. Your phone is so personal and your computer is so very personal and it has like work documents and whatnot that that other person shouldn't be looking at necessarily. If if somebody were to do that to me, I would burn their house down no everyone's um i I do respect that (laughs) i do respect that everyone's boundaries on that are a little bit different if someone's going to be that extreme about it i probably wouldn't but you know there there have been there are some people who don't really care yeah no i know and i know that for me personally that's yeah nope nope i don't want to know I don't want to know what's in your phone, and you shouldn't want to know what's in mine. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah. You might find, you know, that random guy sending me dick pics that yeah. somehow got my phone number again. Banging some chick in the butt. You're oh, like, why God. do you have this? I mean, I was saving it for later. No, just kidding. Don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. There's Pornhub for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I always got to take it there, don't I? Oh, Pornhub. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, yep. That is one thing. If anybody ever went onto my phone and they went to go use a browser my i have chrome and it saves like the last like six websites and the first one is always Pornhub. really (laughs) and i don't know how to get it off there maybe stop going to Pornhub so much or just like go on incognito or go or go like use like firefox so it doesn't sync with your phone i don't know i gotta do something Incognito, that's what it's for. But it's my own phone. I just want to, like, you know. <laughs> no, that's fine. You just own it. It's like a lullaby. It, like, helps me sleep. It's like, it's like your warm blanket. <laughs> she just turns it on so she can sleep. It's her lullaby. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Some people have ocean waves. Yeah. And <laughs> Some people have queefs. <laughs> oh, there's no queefing in porn. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, yeah. that's not true. <laughs> Depends on what I guess watching. I watch all the highly, highly produced porn, so there's no queefing in that. Ugh. I'm, I'm happy your tastes are so dignified. They are, actually. I like well-produced things. Okay. <laughs> not, not this show. <laughs> 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 you 
fuck are we talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> any other questions? For I me? have no idea. No. Um, well, Maybe you should talk about your book that you brought. Tell okay. us about it. So, um, one of the books or one of the things that has informed my perspective about uh, being single is a book. Um, it's Rebecca Traster's book, All the Single Ladies, um, Unmarried Women in and the Rise of an Independent Nation. And it was important to me, right? I read a lot and, um, okay, this book, <laughs> sorry, uh, so this book was really interesting. Are you still thinking about queefs? <laughs> <laughs> She it's her. hard to transition to queefs to like strong independent women talk <laughs> queefing happens to all strong independent women no i totally agree it's just a strange transition <laughs> it, it, it's a little bit it's throwing me a little bit i will admit that because <laughs> i'm going through what i talked about you know i know i talked about the book in our pregame interview um the book was helpful to me because i've always uh, had this idea that, you know, I thought I was going to be in a relationship. Um, I've never been super into the idea of getting married. And the thing is, you know, you have these, uh, society usually talks about marriage too, but in modern day, like 2017, I think for the most part, people talk about, you know, you should have a few serious relationships. If mm -hmm. you don't have a serious relationship at some point, people kind of look at you a little bit sideways. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've, n I've always known that I, uh, am not super marriage oriented, but I came to realize recently that, you know, I don't need a boyfriend for all of the same reasons that I don't need a husband. Um, I'm pretty good at being single. And I think this book helped me, uh, realize that fact that, you know, there are, it's put into perspective for me, the benefits that you get if you are going to be single. For example, um, single people tend to have their own uh, social networks in a way that uh, married couples just don't, right? Single people are more involved uh, politically and they volunteer more. Um, they tend to be more involved with their parents and family members. Mm -hmm. And I have all of that. I have, you know, really uh, strong relationships with my family. I live with my mom and my brothers, um, which, you know, it, it's not the norm for a 25-year-old who's financially independent. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of friendships that I get to invest a lot of time into. And so is the evidence based on merely the fact that you are not as a single woman, you're not helping to take care of a family. And so therefore you have more time to focus. Well, the, so the, one of the interesting uh, quotes in this book is that uh, unmarried people, regardless of whether or not they have kids mm -hmm. will invest more time into those social networks. Okay. Um, and that to me was significant because typically you think, Oh, people get, you know, once you have kids, you get busy with the kids and life becomes about the kids. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is just um, if you are if you don't have like one person that you're going to all the time, uh, you do tend to keep yourself more occupied. Um, I mean, I've seen this with friends that have been in long term relationships. Your partner becomes your go to person for everything. Yes. And me not having that, um, I get to invest in a lot of different friends right mm -hmm. i don't have a person who's going who's ever been my go-to so i just you know start if i want to hang out i just have to pick up the phone and start messaging until somebody responds yeah um, that's how it is for me too and i like that actually i think it's it creates a, a community you know i feel like it helps contribute to that whole it takes a village factor because mm -hmm. you're allowed to kind of spread yourself out more 
Yeah, yeah. Definitely the couples that I know who have more of that mentality of we are together, but we're single. Basically, mm-hmm. um, we're individual entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Tend to have better communication styles, and you know, I I know some people where it's like they don't hardly see each other at all and they hang out with their own friends and have their own individual friends and it doesn't have to be a couple's thing and and they tend to have you know not perfect relationships but much better than the people that are super clung to each other and only have couples friends and only hang out with other couples and are very dependent on each other for all support yeah Yeah. and and when when things go south they don't go as intensely south (laughs) <laughs> to the you know yeah yeah if you're the if, arctic i mean if you're both in uh, you know if you're both um like emotionally and financially independent it's just a lot easier right uh than uh like any kind of breakup is going to be a lot easier than you know there's no such thing as an easy breakup but it's definitely a lot harder when one person is clinging to the other person a lot more yeah knowing yourself i think is important in a relationship and I mean part of um not just the book but the idea that I do live in a time of extreme privilege right I don't uh have to have anyone to support me financially I can make my own money um I pay my own bills I've been paying my own bills and also I don't um in terms of social norms I have a lot of uh, single female friends that are older than me I mean uh, Ashika, you've been a friend who's like more than a decade older than me. And I've grown up in my early 20s, like hearing about how you and other people, um, you know, have conversations with your parents. And I've gotten I've had that model for me mm-hmm. um, in a way that people a generation or two didn't. Right. If typically if you were a single woman, um, that's not really accepted. Yeah. You were very uh, there was something wrong with you is sort of the. Consensus. You were broken somehow if you weren't married by the time you were what in your mid twenties. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had a, I've had a, you know every now and then the awkward encounter where like um, someone says oh if you, you know you better have a kid before you're thirty or your eggs are gonna dry up. Um, and this was actually said to me by someone who was pregnant after the age of thirty. So, <laughs> I think she thought she was like she was she was she meant it in that way of like you know pregnancy is a lot harder after 30 and so she was trying to be like she meant it as a support tool of yeah like, do it while you're young yeah um but it was just kind of if you're not ready you're not ready until you're ready yeah and or if you don't ever want to be ready and you know and you don't want to arbitrarily have a child with somebody just for the sake of having a child before you're 30 either because i mean i'm you know i'm indian so i come from a community of like where people arbitrarily get married because that's the thing because to do. yeah because you know you need to yeah so I, I think there is this idea you know if you can arbitrarily get married you might as well arbitrarily have a kid because you're married <laughs> yes yes i know <laughs> <laughs> she sighs heavily <sighs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean my mom's still i'm 37 and she still has this like hopeful glint in her eye like maybe maybe you'll want to get married and have children and i'm like no i've been telling you this my entire life like i'm not opposed to getting married i just um it's it's never been i've never been the girl that like fantasized about her wedding and I know like exactly what it's gonna look like and blah 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 like I've just never been that person it's never been a huge priority I've always prioritized um who 
I am. Like, who do I want to be for the people around me? That's always been the, like my biggest priority. And if I happen to f- meet someone that fell in line and, um, and it worked out, I would totally marry them. So I'm not opposed to marriage. Yeah. It's just not something that I've, I've actively have chased. I mean, I think the difference is I know that I don't need anyone. Right. And so, um, I would have to actually want someone, which yeah. is a very separate category. It is. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm different where I, I have envisioned my wedding and I have, you know, I, and I do want a relationship and I do want to get married, but, but (laughs) I don't want somebody just to have somebody. Yeah. I want somebody that I actually want to be in my life and have a good relationship with them. Uh, It's just silly to be, to live a lifetime of misery just because that's what other people expect you to do yeah or just for the sake of having someone in your life i mean one of the most encouraging things about the data is that the typically the older you are when you get married like you're going to stay married if you get married that's what i envision for myself i feel like i'm gonna get married when i'm like 50 (laughs) (laughs) i think so too that's what i envision for you too (laughs) i was actually just thinking about that the other day i was like oh she was gonna get married like 50 to 55. Yeah. And have an amazing relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll just be like, okay, I'm good now. Yeah. <laughs> and then like five years later, they'll get retired and sit around and smoke weed all day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, I think one of the harder things, um, I do have this thing where I think if I don't, get married by a certain age like it would be harder right because i've already had 50 years of my life to like get set in my habits and now i'm gonna have some other person like get in the way of that i think that would be a little bit harder like what habits are you talking about that someone would get in the way of you get used to like doing your own thing Mm-hmm. Um, like if you've been single for a while just I, like yes yeah yeah <laughs> just like sleeping in the same bed as someone is like really really annoying that has the propensity like that has the possibility of being like really this is true i have a whole setup when i go to bed yeah like it's very no that can be really jarring (laughs) to be like okay like oh this is this is happening now i think i think though there's also more acceptance for that type of stuff if you start a relationship when you're older because that person also has those same things most likely probably and they hopefully have grown to know themselves a lot better and how to how they communicate what's their communication style so um you know i think that they're it's just a different game right if you get together yeah and as you grow older you become you know how you can adapt to other people and still accommodate you know what your routine is and what your needs are yeah Yeah. and have made your mistakes hopefully (laughs) hopefully (laughs) (laughs) hopefully hopefully learn from your mistakes yeah Yeah. some people don't yeah um yeah (laughs) (laughs) we talked about so much in the we did talk about well you guys talked about arranged marriages a little bit too and how your your parents yeah so kind of the difference that's i mean that's one thing right um so I, I mean, normally brown girls have this, uh, you know, pressure from fr- family and from society about getting an arranged marriage. Um, and I don't really think I face that quite the way that other people do, just because 
um, I am independent. And I think my family knows that if they ever tried to do one of those, you know, things where they, ha- where I come home and someone's like waiting to meet me. Nassim. <laughs> Nassim. Come. Meet yes. Nassim. I would not be nice. <laughs> and I think my family is aware of that. And so they've never, um, that's never happened to me. They've mentioned it, right? They've mentioned that, oh, I should find someone. But it's always been in the context of I should find someone for myself. And there's this part of me that's always been really curious and a little bit sad about that because, like, I really want to know what kind of person my family would try to set me up with. And I, I think, honestly, they wouldn't. Uh, part of, like, why they haven't done that is they don't know where to start, mm-hmm. right? My family is kind of just a little bit um, – they don't really know how to react to my dating life at this point. I've opened up a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really the norm still, right? Yeah. So – you know, I my cousins and uh, people understand, but a lot of my cousins are about 10 years older and they never um, went out and dated as much as I have, right? Right. And then in my mom's generation, right, my mom had an arranged marriage and she, after she and my dad separated and he passed away, she never married anyone else. She never dated anyone else. Um, she has... N- kind of no concept of how the dating world works so she's very uh you know she, she doesn't really know how to react to it so we don't have very many conversations about it right well and she i mean she doesn't have any experience so i don't think she would even know what to say pretty much other than just at, like just asking inquisitive questions which probably become awkward quickly she i don't <laughs> i don't think she wants to ask inquisitive questions i i've tried to have this thing where i open up to her yeah. Um, and I've given her the opportunity to ask me what she wants to know just so she can put her mind at ease. And she doesn't want to ask questions. No. She really doesn't. So, <laughs> yeah. She doesn't want to know. She doesn't want to know. She doesn't want to know. She knows enough that she doesn't want to know. She's like my unwed daughter. <laughs> my unwed 25-year-old. Gallivanting around. <laughs> Better hurry up. You're going to be a spinster soon. You can join Ashika and I when we water our the children in the uh, neighborhood get off my lawn i'm all about creating like the golden girls when i get old so there was this one moment where uh, she tried to sort of ask me if you know uh, where she sort of figured out i wasn't a virgin and so she tried to sort of ask me. oh god how awkward and i try and i just straight up said do you want to know the answer because i will tell you but then you have to know the answer yeah and she backed away from that so quick Wait, what was she trying to ask you if you're a virgin? Yeah, well, she had figured out that I wasn't, right? Oh. So she was trying to ask me the number. Uh, oh, no, mom. Yeah. Well, she, she, sort of, <laughs> she sort of started, and then I asked her, like, do you real, do you actually want to know the answer? And she just backed away. Like, she, and I, that was sort of that. That's never coming That's, up again. I mean, that was an answer in itself. Yeah, so that was, that was all she needed. Answer. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's the thing about, um, you know, Indian parents, right? Uh, we talk about this a lot in YKB and, you know, vagina monologue settings um, about this pressure to be a good girl, uh, right, and not have sex. And for me, mm-hmm. this was actually really liberating because in um, that stereotypical Indian culture, uh, pretty much if you've slept with more than one person, right, like if you're sleeping with anyone outside of marriage, you're kind of... You're tainted. Sl- yeah, you're labeled slutty, right? Yeah. Uh, so for me, as soon as I slept with that first person outside of like you know the the bonds of marriage like as soon as like as soon as that ship had sailed Mm -hmm. um it wasn't coming back right Mm -hmm. you've already crossed over into the other side so from that point forward it didn't uh it didn't matter 
Um, and that for me was actually really comforting. Mm-hmm. Right. Is okay. Um, they were going to be judgy. So from this point forward, they're going to be judgy no matter what I do. Right. And so society's judgments stopped mattering for me in that regard. That's good, too. I mean, I think it's healthy to have a sexual relationship before you settle down anyways. I mean, you as you know, as an individual, you learn what you like and what you don't like. And, um, you know, there's less awkwardness and all of that. It's all good stuff. So, yeah, it's it can be hard. I mean, um, it can be hard to sort of navigate that world in your early 20s when you're like just learning you know you're oh, trying yeah. to figure out uh when you're trying to figure yourself out and then just uh interacting with other people in that way yeah. can be really hard when you stop just laying there yeah. and letting it happen to you yeah you have to <laughs> <laughs> you're like hey no i don't like that please and you better call me back motherfucker <laughs> otherwise Never mind. I won't say otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it can just be really uncomfortable uh, when you don't quite, you know, in our modern day hookup culture that we love to talk, you know, everyone loves to talk about. um, I've never actually, you know, had a problem with hookup culture. Um, I feel like most of the people that I've met or gone on dates with are more into the idea of a relationship than I am. Right. I I do think for the most part, I've, I'm ahead of the curve in terms of being self-sufficient for my age group. Um, and so one of the things that I've just felt was, uh, I don't see it as a culture. I really just think people are really lonely and, um, they have, don't know how to communicate. They have lots of options and it's not helping with the loneliness. Yeah, and there's a lot of insecurities and, um, and it, it. I mean, I've done that back in my 20s when I was going through things. You know, I was just like, I'm gonna beg everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I actually never felt like that. I was, I've always been very uh, picky about it because yeah. you know I have so many options. I was. Just, I took the opposite route of like, oh. Uh, no, you, like, you better actually be worth it. Oh, no, I mean, like, this was still my choice. It yeah. wasn't that yeah, I was yeah, yeah. just banging whatever came <laughs> along. It was very much a sense of control because it was at a point in my life where I felt like I lacked control because mm-hmm. of the events that were going on. And that was an area where I had control. Yeah. And banged my way into having control again. And then <laughs> I was like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's not, it's not for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have a real, I have a really hard time just letting people in. I I can be really old fashioned actually about that kind of stuff. I I usually am in the beginning. Um, I mean, uh, one of the things about having so many different dating profiles and everything, uh, I very quickly realized, like, one of the things, I want to avoid those creepy stalker scenarios, right? Oh, you want to avoid basically my life. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But, (laughs) so, um, right, I I didn't, uh, I set up a fake Facebook account, which I used for my um, dating profiles, 
Um, and, you know, the name I went by was never my full name. Uh, I typically don't think I ever really told anyone my full name, like including my last name, like on a first date. Um, so I used to get really weirded out when people would try to find me on, you know, manage to find me on Facebook or some other kind of social oh, media. Oh, yeah. No, you're not going to find me. Yeah. Um, and I, d- uh, at one point, someone uh, did a reverse search of my phone number and uh, showed me how it led to them to my name. Um, and so then I started going by, I, I used the app Sideline to get a second phone number and used that for all of my dating interactions. Um, and it's only when someone graduated to like, I actually trust you as a person, would I give them my real number? I think that's smart. Yeah. 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 I agree. Because, I, you know, I, uh, and the thing about Sideline is it's really um, easier to block someone on there and it's easier to just uh, take them off of my phone, right? And so mm-hmm. if, if I don't want someone contacting me, it made it a lot easier. Um, and I think I did have a couple of instances of people that wouldn't stop trying uh, enough to, like, inspire that, okay, I don't want every person to have my phone number. Because, um, you know, I... Have you ever confronted anybody about it? I, no, I haven't. Because I've had, um, I've sort of had this thing where I tried to confront someone once sort of in person. Um, I've never, it's never really been worth the energy for me to uh, confront anyone over phone or text, right? Um, I did have one person that once sent me four really long paragraphs in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. And this was like during the work day, right? So I had said something and this person had, you know, was just, checking up on me like they kept asking me how I was doing like this was the second or third time in that day that they were asking and I was like dude I I work like I'm I'm not sitting around texting you you need to cut back um and they sent me like back to back like four really long paragraph text messages um oh, I hate that and that was the time that I I didn't respond to the text I tried to meet up with them in person and address it and it didn't really get me anywhere and I think that was sort of enough for me to decide, like, this is not actually worth my time. Mm-hmm. I've had those moments, right? We all have those moments where you want to, like, message some or someone who's being really annoying on Tinder. You want to, like, be able – you want to, like, give them tips. Like, this is what you're doing wrong. And then you sort of realize that's not your place. Mm-hmm. So I try I, – I lost interest in confronting people really quick. I hmm. think I told somebody recently who had, like, a weird, creepy cat photo on their Tinder that they need to stop doing that. And then he was like, okay, and then took it off immediately and then tried to ask me on a date. And I was like, okay, no. I saw the cookie cat photo. I don't like it. I'm just telling you, for the most part, you seem legit, but you got to reel it in a little bit. I don't why. (laughs) And it's just one of those things... um, I've thought about doing that, right? Like you have these things where you see like clear errors in judgment of yeah. like, oh, I see how you thought that was funny, but it's actually not funny. Right. right. Um, and then I just had to, you know, be like, okay, I, I can't be responsible for all of the bad decisions that people make in the dating world. So you just got to let them do their thing. They're kind of fun conversations to have. I am more... <laughs> <laughs> prone to have those conversations than to have a conversation that will lead to me going on a date <laughs> just because they're a little more interesting it's like you get 
bored after so long with the same conversation happening on the dating profile. What yeah. do you do? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what are you up to? Oh, oh. And, I, I, I don't know. It's just the same thing. Over I have and over. copied and pasted answers to questions that people. <laughs> oh man. I, I know. I've done this. This, is, this is the downside to when when people are going to be so generic or like, hey, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. I've I've logged in and seen that like five different people have messaged me that I've typed out a response and then copied and pasted that for each of the five windows and then been like, okay, whoever is the most interesting response out of this response is the only person getting a response. So it's a numbers game. Yeah. It's very much just a numbers game at that point. I would actually at this time like to encourage our listeners to um, email us any of your uh, conversations (laughs) <laughs> if you've had any interesting or uh, interesting conversations or examples of what not to do um, for people out there listening, if you could, e- you can email those to us at I want you to want me podcast at gmail.com. I'd or, also like uh, to add tips. If you, if you have, if it, how do you start a conversation? What's a good conversation topic? Also, how do you get around sup? Yeah, unique conversation starters. Yeah. So, uh, also, I'm the only woman I know who's ever used pickup lines and not like, you know, just the cute ones like, oh, your smile is so great. Um, no, I've, I've actually like used some pickup lines. Um, my favorite for your listeners is um, oh, uh, around the new year, I was saying, um, you know, I was talking about running or I was talking to someone about running, et cetera. And my, uh, you know, goals. And I uh, texted them, oh, I just figured out your, uh, my ideal body weight. Yours on top of mine. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> and you didn't get a dick pic from that? <laughs> you can't send pics on Tinder, honey. That's the only, that's the only, that's why Tinder is my favorite. <laughs> what did they say back? <laughs> did they invite you to come over immediately? <laughs> no, it wasn't even immediate. I think they were just taken aback, but I've actually used that in person on a few people. Uh, just because it's it's funny, right? It's it's people don't really know how to respond to a woman using a pickup line on you. <laughs> this is true. Apparently That's hilarious. You're talking to different people because if <laughs> I would have said that, the people that connect with me would be like furiously texting me their address. Um, I, I also screen out those people. We have to factor in. I screen out. Yeah, but sometimes you don't know until you get into yeah. the conversation. No, that is true, right? <laughs> you just don't know what is going to happen. And until then you've you got a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> I do think um, for the most part, I think I try to avoid the, the suggestive things until I've met someone in person just because you actually don't know how creepy they're going to get about it. Yeah. So you, yeah, th- that's fair. For the most part, I think I do screen up until I meet someone in person. Um, and there's this thing of a huge number of interactions, right, that you have that are never going to be in person. Um, like the ratios are probably ridiculous in terms of like the number of yeah. conversations I've had that have never materialized into anything. Yeah, I feel like I meet up with somebody maybe every three to six months. And it's it's weird because I'll go in patterns where I'll have quite a few dates mm-hmm. like for a few weeks and maybe just because I feel like trying to date and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, I, I, I need room for myself and not room for these random strangers in my <laughs> life. And it, it completely varies depending on where you at are at in your life, right? Where, where you are at in your life and, and mentally, too. Yeah. If you're just over it, 
you just, you know, you have to be in the right headspace for it. At least for me, I have to actually want to be social. I tend to be an introvert. And so Mm -hmm. going out can be very hard. Even going to do regular activities that I want to do can be hard because I'm an introvert. The, um, I did figure out my limit in terms of interaction. Uh, I did once have three dates back to back within 48 hours. Like I met up with someone, I met up with someone Friday night and different person during the day on Saturday, different person Saturday night, uh, just cause I could. Okay. (laughs) Just cause I wanted to. How did it go? I was, uh, I was very tired of it. Like by the end of it, right. I hated all three of them. And the thing (laughs) is like, like I liked each of them individually. And then I like Sunday I was sitting there thinking and I'm like, I no, like that was too much. That you I, had an intense burnout. I, I got burnt out. Did enough you that talk to any of them ever again? Um, I talked to one of them afterwards, but it didn't ever materialize into a second date. So yeah, that like it went pretty much all three of them went nowhere. Have you ever become friends with somebody that you've met up with and decided you didn't actually want to date? No, and I think that's partially an active choice I've made. Um, just cause I think in, in my case, I don't really kind of, I'm not a huge, like I have my own friends sort of thing and I don't, uh, uh, there's been people that I've liked and the thing is I know that they like me back and I know that they like me back in a way that's more than just wanting to be friends. Um, so I, I'd rather just not invite that kind of drama into my life. So, um, I've kind of actively chosen not to do that. Yeah. I was just curious cause some people do that regularly. Yeah, they do that or um, they suggest it. and um, Yeah, I don't know. And that's okay. I feel yeah. like uh, Seattle's got a lot of transplants, and so that right. can turn into the case oftentimes for pe- new people that are moving here in the city that are dating, and they end up trying to befriend people that you know yeah. didn't work out dating-wise, but at least they can have a new friend out here. Yeah, and yeah. that's also uh, another of the weird things about dating in Seattle is um, when you get so many new transplants like they all want you to show them around the city and at one point I remember deciding like okay I'm not dating anyone who's new to the city anymore like I'm tired of introducing people to the city I am not a tour guide (laughs) but then I've done that when I'm traveling Mm -hmm. and I totally use people for like recommendations on what to do around the city so like I'm guilty of it but I just hate being the one to do that yeah right like I hate feeling like a tour guide of the city yeah I've never actually had a request for that. Really? Yeah, but I think that I tend to filter out already. That That's my filter. I'm like, nope, you're new. Yeah. I don't like you already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's a real thing. My family's been here five generations. Go away. <laughs> it's a, also it's totally a real thing because um, if they're new, they're not going to have their own friends, and so they're going to yeah. be hitting you up all the time. Yeah. And that was part of it. it was like, okay, I have other people to hang out with. I'm sorry that you don't have that yet, but like, I have 20 other people I got to see this week, so yeah, this isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've never actually, but maybe I think I do filter them out. <laughs> I think I do. I've never, yeah. Maybe I should try going on a date with a transplant. I don't know. 
Yeah, you should maybe. at least try one. You know, one of those like someone yeah. who's just visiting. Yeah, but the here's city. here's the problem, right? Is you know how we were talking in our pre-interview about the people that go to Rattlesnake Ridge and take the same photo like in <laughs> sequence, and it's like they just went up there with a group of friends and then took a photo for their profile picture. It a lot of the transplant people are, are those people, and I'm so not interested in dating them ever. I know. Yeah. Um. But maybe you can introduce them to something maybe. else, right? Like you, you're you so can, optimistic and young. You can prevent. <laughs> <laughs> you can prevent them from becoming that person that takes the same Tinder profile photo that like ten other guys have. Yeah. Because you're... just for the listeners out there, anyone who's not been, you know, on the online dating world, if you sit there for twenty minutes and start swiping, you will see repeats of pe- people taking photos in the same location. It's just oh, you're or with baby tigers or or yeah. Yeah, oh, rattlesnake yes. ridge, uh, anything that comes through the EMP, like sitting on the Game of Thrones yeah. throne, standing next to Darth Vader, yeah. <laughs> it's the same photo. Stop it. Stop doing that. And also, <laughs> stop taking photos. Stop having your first profile be a. So there's this thing where people. Uh, there's a huge debate about whether or not your first profile should be a group photo or not, right? Because there's this idea that group photos, um, everyone oh, collectively yeah. looks more attractive. Right. Because it averages out. But I can't tell who you are. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I hate that. Yeah, then you have to stop for a second and look Ugh. at their profile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what mine is? And I know this is the reason why I don't get any hits, but I have... I have one of me just like wearing this really big hat and it's kind of cute. But then the next one after that is me standing in the middle of um, the RV lot at skiing and I'm holding a drink in my hand and I'm just like in the middle of the party like, yeah, what's up, motherfuckers? (laughs) And I think and I'm wearing like a beanie and like a flannel. And I think guys are like, uh, so which way do you swing? I'm really confused. Yeah, they're like, I can't. I think she's a lesbian. <laughs> but I, I also want the. I don't want them to have the expectation because I am a rugged lady, and I don't want them to think otherwise. Like, no, I, I have power tools, okay. And she just doesn't like vagina. It. I just don't. Okay, she doesn't want vagina. Just okay. Um. <laughs> It's really interesting when you're single and self-sufficient how often people are confused about which way you swing. It's like I've gotten that and I'm very much like, you know, I am not I don't I don't feel like I give off a perception. You know, I'm not the stereotypical like I'm not rugged like you are. I don't have power tools. I don't present myself that way and yet people still question uh like well, my orientation. You're confident. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Is, it, is it the confidence? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Huh. I think that there, I don't know, there's still that expectation that women are slightly lesser than and that they're more feminine and that they, you know, and it's, why can't I be both and still be straight, guys? Like, I, you know, it's not a fair stereotype to be able to be confident and and or be able to do things around the house right. or you know be able to support myself and and, and be suspected of being a lesbian like yeah just because or being like having it considered masculine characteristics right to be able to be self-sufficient to like be able to fix things and yeah, yeah. 
and take care of yourself. But on the other end, I have a double standard because you better not be feminine. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Can't Um, do it. If you have hair gel, I don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I fall into that same uh, thing that you do of um, I'm a little bit judgy about people that are feminine. And I think it just come. uh, People are just straight males. It comes back to the fact of like I, like I'm not feminine, right? I think I I have come from it from this point of like if I wanted femininity, like I'd do it myself, and so. I guess what do you consider feminine? Because I think you're feminine. That's the thing, right? It's like I present myself as feminine, but um, I think the way that I talk and I behave isn't perceived as feminine, right? So it's confusing to guys, I think. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Um, you look feminine, right? But, but then you open your mouth. But then you open your mouth and you talk and you talk like a guy, and they're like, "Ah, I don't understand." Um, and here's the thing: is like the saddest part of that is I think I I like you. You can sort of see that happening on someone's face, right? When yeah, they, you can. Like they see you and they're really excited to meet you because, like, oh, I've actually had people say to me, like, oh my god, you actually look like your pictures. I was so I didn't think you were going to, and I was. That's a very backhanded compliment, by the right. way, guys. Like, don't ever say that to someone. Um, <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah, I guess it is. You know, um, yeah, no, it's a very backhanded compliment. I'm not really a fan of that one. Um, and so the, there, there's this like immediate like excitement, and then like I open my sass mouth, and they get the snarkiness, hmm. and you can like see the uh, interest dip. i don't know i i want to give people more credit i don't think it's an intentional like interest like dip in interest i think they just um i think there is a thing that's happening to fall into a stereotype they they don't have a framework for how to respond to that and i think that's part of modern dating is um you know we have a lot of things that aren't haven't been normal Mm -hmm. um and we're on the brink of making them normal. Well, and Brianna and I have, have talked about that as long as we've been friends is, you know, we're both very independent, self-sufficient women. And, um, it's been hard for men to find a place where they're needed in our lives because we have created ourselves where we don't need anybody. Um, yeah. And that's part of a relationship. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or whatever is you need to be able to, feel like you're needed by that other person um Um, and so that i mean that's something that yeah that has to be kind of worked into a relationship when you're that first for strong independent ladies now you know (laughs) we have to i think uh there's this difference right between being just single and being self-actualized single Mm -hmm. is a term that i heard or read somewhere right um, and it, it resonated with me, right? Because there's been times of my life where I've been single, not not entirely by choice, right? Like, I'm, I'm just, there's no one I like, so I'm single. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, actively deciding, like, no, I'm going to choose to be single, right? I might date people. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to date quite a few people over the next few months. But I'm going to consider myself single in that, you know, I'm going to handle all of my stuff myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a difference there. Uh, I think there are there is a lot of single people that 
never get to that self-actualized single stage. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and those are people that are constantly going to be searching for relationships. Um, That demographic exists. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if I fall into that or not. I mean, you don't really expect to have someone. Um, I, I... I mean, I think of my mother who's been single the majority of her life, right? Mm-hmm. But she, um, she always ha- she's always had this idea that, you know, uh, she should have someone to help out with certain things. Right? Mm, okay. Um, you know, like car stuff mm-hmm. or just, you know, basic house stuff. Yeah. Um, she's more than capable of figuring it out on her own if she has to. It's more of the wanting someone else to do it for you. I definitely have those days where I was just like can somebody please take care of life for me right now? I can't. I I mean, I have those days where I want to be like that, but I don't ever, I don't expect anyone to ever show up and actually answer that. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I was going to, you were just talking about your mom and it kind of reminded me of my mom a little bit, but she definitely, um, you know, expected to be in a relationship the rest of her life once she got married and once that went away it was it took her equally as long as she was in the relationship to accept that she was single yeah right it it actually took her finally dating somebody else to realize that maybe she wants to be single (laughs) (laughs) right people can be single for decades and not realize that that's actually what that's what they want yeah yeah because it's okay it's mm -hmm. okay to be single why would it not be okay to be single it is we're gonna end on that note it is okay (laughs) to be single um thank you for coming this was awesome i'm sorry that i made you do two podcasts for having me thank you for you know the practice run and letting me get used to the setup for a full hour hey yo <laughs> and again to our listeners if you have uh, examples of uh, of dating chats <laughs> or if you have uh, unique questions pickup lines anything dating advice that you want to send us you can email us at i want you to want me podcast at gmail <laughs> <laughs>